1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. The Lakers, well, they did a very bad thing. They gave away game two, said, nope, no, thank you. We're not interested in winning this game and handed it right on over to the Denver Nuggets. Don't get me wrong. Give credit to Denver for hitting some big, big shots in the fourth quarter. But the Lakers certainly opened that door window window whatever you want to call it, and the Nuggets said thank you and stepped right on through. Some baffling, baffling decisions by the Lakers down the stretch that ultimately cost them a very important game. Now the task, go back to L.A. and win both games three and four have to be played with absolute desperation because that's what this team has to be now, not in a position to give away games, and that's what we saw them do, unfortunately, in game two. Joining me. Sean Davis, uh, we'll have another guest coming in in just a moment. Sean, one of the more frustrating games we've seen from the Lakers lately, and in particular because this was a game where the Lakers stars both, I thought, played poorly, at least on the offensive end of the floor. Defensively, maybe that's a different story, particularly when we're talking about Anthony Davis, but offensively, both LeBron and AD had really rough outings. It's tough to win a game when both of those guys can't seem to get it going at least against a team the caliber of the
2: Nuggets. Um, Shout out to Denver. Jamal Murray in that fourth quarter, I think he had 23 fourth quarter points. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to sound weird to say this, but in my opinion, your the status of a player really shows and gets cemented in the playoffs. If anybody wanted to say Jamal Murray is a superstar, I think it's pretty hard to argue it Um, throughout this run. Game two in the Western Conference Finals to go up 2-0. So you got to tip your hat. So those guys, they played really, really well, especially in that second half. Um, and, I mean, you, to put it blankly, you look at the box score stats at least. When uh, your two best players don't play box score-wise to the level that the Denver Nuggets two players did, especially in the fourth quarter, it's tough. Like uh, Jokic, another 20-plus point triple-double, Jamal Murray, like I said, 23 in the fourth. He had, I think, over 30. I don't know the exact stat for Jamal tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of little interest, intricacies I can dive into, um, and a bunch of other stuff. One thing I will say, series isn't over. Like, series isn't over until a team wins four games. I don't care. Um, so, but like, yeah, AD 18 points, 14 boards, four assists, four blocks. I actually say this. I thought LeBron and AD defensively were both good. Mm-hmm. Um in good to great even in moments just offensively they look they both looked gas who knows if the if it's the altitude catching up to them or not but they both played well defensively but those two guys could buy for what's that say 40 points on 13 of 34 shooting and then if you scroll down for me trev you look at the nuggets two stars again jamal murray 23 points in the fourth keep that in mind <laughs> Jamal Murray alone, 37 points, 10 boards, 5 assists, 4 steals. And then you add in the triple-double from Jokic. Like, Denver's two stars played better.
1: Oh, for sure. Flat out. There, there's no question. Uh, my concern going into this game was that the Lakers had wasted a good shooting game in Game 1 in a loss and probably weren't going to be able to shoot quite that well in Game 2 in back-to-back games. If you flip the shooting performances of game one and game two for the Lakers, their record is one and one right now. So it was unfortunate actually that they shot as well as they did in game one, because they certainly weren't able to do it, but still uh, in game two, but still you look at AD LeBron, you just can't have that poor of an offensive outing out of your two guys. And of course the the thing everybody's going to talk about, it's the LeBron threes. Yeah, you can't do it. He was zero for six from three. You can't keep taking that shot. You just can't. And, and it's surprising to see a player of LeBron's intelligence pulling the trigger on those shots. I understand you're open, but to me anyway, when you have missed and missed and missed, you've missed, say, and I'm not talking about LeBron's threes, I'm saying the team has gone dry for two minutes or whatever. That's not the time to shoot threes. That's the time to get yourself to the free throw line. That's the time to get yourself to the rim and not continue to take these shots from outside. And yet LeBron continued to take them. Now, again, don't get me wrong. LeBron is phenomenal. But this was probably the worst performance we've seen from him in a while. In quite a, And again, that speaks to how good he really is. Well, let's call it what it is. This was a bad LeBron game. He missed three layups in a game that you lost by five. One was a dunk. And you lost the game by five. That definitely hurts on top of all the three-point attempts that he took. Uh, I would like to see that number come down even further because he just did not have it going from deep. And that was there was some poor decision-making there, particularly with the timing on those threes from LeBron. And then Anthony Davis, four for 15. A lot of them just a the little push shots in the lane. I mean, my goodness, if either one of those guys just has an average shooting night, or if LeBron cuts down on the threes a little bit and AD has an average shooting night, you run away with this thing. This game was right there for the taking for the Lakers. And they really more than anything, they found a way to lose it. And that's just by missing so many shots that you would expect to see them knocked down.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I, there's, there's two things that don't want three things that don't want us to overreact on. Oh, that's the guest. I'm joking. He's awesome. Um, (laughs) this is not the best timing. Um, But there's three things I don't want us to overreact. One is that we should fire Darvin Ham. This is not a game where I'm blaming the coaching staff. I I didn't like some things, obviously. And I'll look at that later on. I didn't like a few things, but I'm not saying, hey, you lost this game because of a three guard lineup or whatever, like it was game one. Or um, I think it's a bit over like reactionary saying this is LeBron's worst game of his career. I think I can think of a couple off the top of my head. Oh, sure that rivaled this. And then, um, gosh, there was one more that I can't think of off the top of my head. But there we go. Ron's here.
1: Ron, how are you doing? Ron Gutterman coming in. How are you? Yeah,
2: I'm
3: all right. I just, uh, you know, watched watched a really good game too uh, between two very good basketball teams. And uh,
1: No, you did not, Ron. That <laughs> well, was not a very good game too. Come on. You can't look at that game and say that was a good game.
3: I mean, I, yeah, I thought. It, I thought. Look, it was ugly from both sides, but ugly okay. from both that, sides. That's makes what I mean. Ugly, <laughs> ugly from both sides makes good basketball games. That was a good basketball game.
1: It was, uh, man, rough, rough, rough uh, from the Lakers' perspective for sure. Wicked Bronco says "LaTrev, the Lakers gave this game away 100%. Gave it away. People will say the Nuggets are the better team. I disagreed. Eh, I mean, the Nuggets are very, very good. Again, the Lakers opened the door give the Nuggets credit for saying thank you and walking through the door. Um, They had an unbelievably hot game one. Yes, but so did the Lakers. And got a cold AD and Braun in game two. I mean, the Nuggets, at the end of the night, the Nuggets wound up shooting 37% from three and 44% from the field. That's not some crazy hot shooting performance from them. I thought you got the shooting performance. You needed out of the Denver Nuggets to win this game. The Lakers just shot themselves in the foot, and and were not able to take advantage of it. So many opportunities to to take advantage, and they just absolutely refused to do so. Um, LeBron, was this was this just a cold LeBron, or an ad, NAD, or is there more to this uh, in terms of decision making and all of that?
3: You know, I I actually w- what's interesting is at halftime I looked at the way LeBron was playing, and yeah, he had missed a couple bunnies at the rim, and he wasn't shooting very effectively but I thought he was really playing like a quality game defensively. He was everywhere. He was facilitating. I, I really thought he had his fingerprints all over the game, pretty much in the first three quarters. And it felt like the Lakers were the better team through the first three quarters. But you know, they, they, like you said, they opened the door and, and the nuggets are not the type of team that's going to let that opportunity go to waste. You know, you look at those shooting numbers, like, like you're showing on the screen and mm-hmm. those are below both of those numbers. All yeah, both of those numbers—field goal and three-point percentage—are below their averages in the playoffs. Um, so, so the Lakers, yeah, they got what they needed, and for the for three quarters, I felt like they were the better team. Uh, but yeah, you can't open the door, uh, especially on the road in in what is a pretty hostile environment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what you can't do. You can't just give the Nuggets the opportunity to step through, and that's exactly what the Lakers did. I don't know how much of it was fatigue, potentially. I mean, they certainly burned some energy uh, trying to catch back up in game one, almost did it. Uh, How much of it was injuries, how much of it is altitude, whatever you want to call it, but the opportunity to close this game was right there. And I'll tell you where you know we were watching on the playback stream. um, I think where the Lakers lost this game truly, it was losing the minutes that Jokic was out in the fourth quarter. Once that happened, I went, that's not a good sign. That's a good way to lose to the Denver Nuggets is not take advantage of the minutes that Jokic is on the bench. And they uh, they found a way, found a way to lose those minutes. And that that puts you in a really difficult spot where then you have to play catch up with Jokic on the floor. Yeah. Jossie uh, said, we were the better team for three quarters. Oh, Darwin is to blame. Late timeout. With Jamal Murray torching D'Lo, no AD to start the fourth, with no rest for Jamal Murray and Joker, and terribly late in game adjustments. I also didn't like putting AD on the bench when Jokic was on the floor to start the fourth. I don't recall exactly if they how much they gave up the of the lead at that it was point.
2: Net neutral essentially, okay.
1: so they got away with it essentially. But I didn't like that decision either to go small essentially with LeBron and Rui as the bigs against Jokic. They got away with it though, but I don't know how much this was late. Like is Darwin going to stop LeBron from taking those threes? Probably not. Right. So I don't know how much of this is on, is on Darwin ham. Um, I don't know. Ron, where do you fall on that?
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's one place and this is usually the case, but I don't know that there's one, one way to place the blame. Um, You know, it it wasn't, I didn't look at this as some epic collapse by the Lakers. Um, Like I thought, yeah, I thought they were the better team for three quarters and I thought they got outplayed in the fourth, but I didn't see this. Like I wasn't watching this game saying like, Oh, the Lakers are absolutely crumbling. Like this, they're playing terrible. They're choking this game away. I thought the Nuggets just started hitting everything in that fourth quarter. I mean, Jamal Murray was what do he have? What do he have like twenty points in the fourth quarter? Twenty two points in the fourth quarter. I think twenty three points in the fourth quarter. I think he's like the third player in NBA history to have like a certain number of twenty point fourth quarters in the playoffs with like Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson. (laughs) I saw that stat after the game. Like he's dude just went dude just went crazy in the fourth quarter and. You know, the, the shot selection by LeBron and AD was not good. Um, like, absolutely no way around that. But that's mm-hmm. not a coaching thing because, w- what, you going to tell LeBron and AD to not shoot? Like, you, you they're going to shoot the shots that they have that are open. Um, I didn't think there was necessarily terrible. Like, again, I thought Anthony Davis and LeBron were really, really good defensively in this game. Yeah. I thought LeBron was a phenomenal facilitator for a majority of the game. Uh, he looked a little fatigued in the fourth quarter. You know, that, that type of stuff happens in the altitude in a hostile environment. Um, so I don't see this as a game where, like, the Lakers choked and they're they're bad and there's nothing you can take away from it. I saw it as the Nuggets got hot at the right time, the Lakers got cold at the wrong time, and that's what happens when a game is close, you know, back and forth the way it was.
2: And, and again, um, to kind of close that off, I, I didn't like – some of the things is in terms of the offensive game plan or whatever, but there is a couple of things that they, they found and looking forward to game three that I'd like to see the Lakers use a, a little bit more on both ends. But again, like this isn't a coaching game because like we, like I said at the top, you're the simplest way to describe this game. Jokic and Murray heavily outplayed LeBron and Anthony Davis from an mm-hmm. offensive production standpoint, We're in game one, it was a lot closer. AD at forty. LeBron nearly a triple double. Jokic thirty plus point triple double. Jamal Murray what twenty eight in game one. So if Jokic and Murray significantly outplay your two best players, it's gonna be rough. And uh, I mean, your best players like what we say, travel what fourteenth like thirty mm-hmm. five. I'm I don't know how you win that. That's tough against a Nuggets yeah. team where you got a bad relative to their expectation shooting a game from denver so it's tough i don't blame the coaching staff personally
1: uh, so michael malone oh,
2: so far say now? This, he
1: has been <laughs> revealing himself to be a complete clown and now here's his comment post game the national narrative was that the lakers were fine no one talked about nicola having a, a historic performance the Plus. narrative wasn't about the nuggets the narrative wasn't about Nicola. You put that in your pipe and smoke it. You go up 2-0. What a <laughs> nothing. Absolute clown. He, just, he
3: wanted he wanted to get off of put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's all That's he wanted. <laughs> all. Oh my goodness. Good you Lord. know,
1: I was and I was just saying how great this series was that we weren't dealing with a Draymond, we weren't dealing with a Dylan Brooks or any of that kind of stuff. And it felt like we could just focus on two good teams playing really good basketball and then mike malone opens his mouth i understand what he's thinking he doesn't want his team to buy into this whole we're the favorites thing he wants his team to play with a chip on their shoulder and he wants to give them something to be angry about and so saying it's woe is us the media hates us nobody pays attention to us nobody cares about us nobody's giving us our credit um that's that's the way to get them to do that so i understand it from that philosophy but as far as just lying through your teeth that's what this man has been doing for a couple of days now the nuggets were the favorites going into the series they were the heavy favorites in this game they're the favorites to come out of the west and he's presenting them as this massive underdog for some reason And again it's it's manipulation to try to get his team to play with the chip on their shoulder i understand it but Holy moly, I was hoping we were going to avoid this it's, kind of foolishness this series.
3: I mean, this is this is kind of just what coaches do, right? Like, I don't really blame him. This is what coaches do. Like, when the Lakers were in the bubble, in terms of betting odds, they were the favorite to win every single series they played. Uh, and yet, all we ever heard about, and like, I, I did this too. Like, I felt the Lakers were being disrespected. But if you look at betting odds, they were the favorites to win every single one of those series. And they were heavily favored to win all of them. So like, that's just how it goes. You know, you, that's how you hype your team up. That's how you hype, like, that's how you get your team going. Now, is it annoying? Yeah, it's a little annoying. And it's like, dude, your team's favored your team's up in the series. Yeah, right. Like everyone's talking about how good Nikola Jokic is. Like no one is ignoring that. Um, So it's like a little annoying, but this is just what, this is what coaches do. This is what the Lakers did in 2020. This is just how it goes.
1: Oh, I mean, I like I said, I understand the uh the philosophy behind it. I was just hoping we were gonna avoid all of this in in this series, unfortunately. Not the case. Um Sean, your thoughts.
2: I mean, just like kind of what Ron said, I guess it's some gamemanship maybe, I don't know. Um, but that statement as a whole is just lying through your teeth. Like like Ron said, like and everybody is clearly acknowledging that Jokic is just probably the best player in the world right now um hell i said to start off the show jamal murray just based off how i classify what a superstar is based off like performing the biggest moments in the playoffs i think if you made an argument for jamal murray being a superstar you can you can make it so just just don't lie through your teeth keep it in house you know say all the 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 lies or whatever to you guys in the locker room don't say it to the media where i have to hear it
1: All right. Wicked Bronco said Lakers have to win games three and four at home. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where Braun and AD went tonight offensively. They disappeared. Um, just And I thought part of it was beyond just a poor shooting night. I thought it was a poor decision-making night in terms of sh- when to shoot and when not to and what shots you're taking. But don't understand why Vando isn't getting more playing time. He's the best defender. So in this game, Vando played 17 minutes, was one for two shooting and had two rebounds. He was a minus 10 on the night with four points would that have solved any of this playing vando more more minutes
3: if you ask mike malone no because i got another i got another quote off for you what is it now he, he said quote specialists don't play in the playoffs
2: so is that and, why kcp only played 23 minutes
3: i think he's just referring to vando and probably d a little bit too um Did D'Lo do something like like
1: what? What did Delo do that I, upset Mike Malone so much? I don't know. But Is there something in their uh, history Malone, that I'm forgetting?
3: Michael Malone has made his made it his personal mission to make sure D'Angelo Russell never plays a good minute of basketball in this series. <sighs> like, like he's doing what whatever he-, he can. He does not care. And you know, maybe D'Angelo Russell really did something to upset him. But it, yeah, it's th-
1: that's funny. what I'm wondering. Is there something that, <laughs> that almost forgetting from the past? Like. I don't know. I, it's it's I, I, bizarre though. It's very weird.
3: He does not like D'Angelo Russell yeah. or he's just deeply disrespectful and Delo Delo did nothing and he's just like I think Delo's a bad player and it's time to get my personal narrative out there. Like that could be <laughs> what this is.
1: <laughs> is this is this though a coach that doesn't have much of a spotlight during much of the season and and look, Denver's been great all season. Right? I think part of the reason why people weren't paying attention to them down the stretch is because they stopped playing. Well, they stopped playing because they were the onesie. They had it locked in. I don't blame them for stopping playing, but but they stopped playing down the stretch. And so the spotlight hasn't been on them for a while. It never was fully on them. Is this just a coach who normally doesn't have the spotlight finally says, the we're playing the Lakers. This is the biggest spotlight I'm ever going to get because it's the Lakers. Now is my chance. This is my fifteen minutes. Is that what this? He's just trying to capitalize I'm, on the spotlight I mean, finally being bright.
3: I'll be honest with you. This is how he talks always. No one ever hears it because he's just talking to no one most of the year. <laughs> like, but this is how he talks, like always.
1: But but this bad in terms of the the ridiculous nature of the stuff that he's saying. Like he he's this. He, you're of, saying he's this bad all year long. No, I
3: mean this is this is. Uh, his personality mixed with insane spotlight. Like you're right. okay.
1: Okay. That's, that's what I was asking. Like I was going to say, it's one thing if it's, I would assume that if he was really like this all season long, we would have heard more. And I it's not like I've ignored the nuggets for sure. But if he had like a personal vendetta against players on other teams, the way he seems to with D'Angelo Russell and what's, and all this stuff that's, we, we would have heard a lot more about this is what I'm saying. Like is, this is the spotlight I think is a factor in how over the top he's, he's being here. All right. We're going to pause for just one moment. Needed to give a shout out to our sponsor. And that is Shady Rays. I love Shady Rays. This is, this is no joke here. This is not for an ad read or anything like that. Shady Rays have been my daily driver sunglasses for years, even before they became a sponsor. I literally have five pairs of Shady Rays because I've bought so many different styles. Um, they're absolutely phenomenal. So our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even one on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked Wear your shady rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. I can confirm this. I had my sunglasses sitting on the seat in my car. I sat on them. I broke them. I contacted them, got a replacement pair sent to me. This was a year and a half ago that, that this happened. And I, and they sent me the replacement sunglasses phenomenal phenomenal stuff from them i don't see that from sunglasses companies uh with shady rays you can look good and feel good to date they've donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with feeding america If you don't love them exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days no risk when you shop with shady rays they have your back and exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving you their best deal of the new year go to ShadyRays.com and use the code lakers nation for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated 5 stars by over 200,000 people
2: oh yeah for sure oh I hope not honestly because I have a ton of respect for Mike Malone as a coach so, so I'm... he's a
3: really good coach he's, he's probably coach. annoying like he and he is loud and he does talk like this a lot he's a good coach
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks schematically. No question. No question. They, they do some phenomenal stuff. They, yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, Mamba Mentality says, we are against the ropes, but that's okay. This is when you find out what your team is really made of. Let's get these next home games and show them why we're undefeated at home as well. Yeah, that's exactly what you have to do now. You have to win both game three and game four and then turn it into a three-game, you know, best of three series. Denver would have home court, of course but a best of three series is what you have to turn this into. Uh, The Lakers have to play absolutely desperate for both. I mean, frankly, in every game here on out, you can only lose once more in this series. You have to play with complete desperation. And I guess my question becomes, what do you guys think? Do they have the gas in the tank to play with complete desperation five more times or at least four more times, right? I'm not predicting they would sweep them here, but from here on out, but at probably five more times, can do they have enough left to do that?
2: As a Laker fan, I want to say yes. I don't know, though. Um, And I think that's the most truthful I can get. Like, I want to say yes because I think this team could win a championship, and I said at the beginning of the series that whoever wins this series will win the chip. But I don't know. I, I really, really don't. And that's as honest as I can get. I don't think this series is over, at all. I agree. Right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. like, Oh, the,
1: I I think the Lakers win game three and it's very possible they win game four. And then who knows what happens from there? Yeah, I mean,
3: look, the Lakers are a better team than the Phoenix suns, right? Like we all kind of agree. Mm-hmm. Me, you, Sean, the comments, we all kind of agree. The Lakers are better than the suns. Uh, the suns were down two zero. They went, they went back home and they won two straight. Now the good thing about the Lakers is they're better than the suns. So they could win the two straight. And then, actually have a fighting chance uh, going back to Denver game five, you know, the rest of the series. Um, but like this, this is not like over it's two games. Like I, I down two zero. I think uh, I saw a tweet. I was scroll. I think I scrolled past it. Um, but I think in the conference finals, uh, a team trailing two Oh has won like six or seven times historically, mm-hmm. which is not great. But then I think LeBron is two or three of them. So, 2018, 2007, yeah, uh, conference finals,
2: yeah,
1: like, and we can we get that the 2007 LeBron, okay, we can't
3: (laughs) get LeBron, even 2018. LeBron LeBron is in play, 2007 LeBron is not in play. That dude was the most one of the most athletic human beings that has ever walked the earth,
1: yes, that's Um, true.
3: (laughs) So, probably not, but 2018 LeBron still in play, and look. And and 2018 LeBron and 2007 LeBron sure did not have Anthony Davis, so yes. like he had Anderson Verigao and uh, and um, Tristan, Tristan Thompson.
2: Thompson. Yeah, I'm Tristan has, Thompson.
3: Still has Tristan Thompson, so that's good.
2: Yeah,
1: um, he he actually got on the floor today.
3: But For 15 yeah,
1: <laughs> <seconds>.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I don't think this series is over at all. Um, I think obviously Game Three is like the biggest must-win in the last, oh, yeah. you know. In the last five, what, probably even more ten years, I think the Lakers won the 2020 championship so easily that there was never a game quite like this. Yeah. Um, so their backs were never against the wall like this in 2020. Uh, so this is probably their biggest must win since like 2011. Um, the, the
1: Lakers are a five point favorite. Just this just came out. They're a five point favorite for Game Three right now at home.
3: Yeah, and I think I think they can win. I have no doubt that the Lakers can win this series. I don't know that they will, but they can.
1: Yeah. Uh, STW said those LeBron threes, those three LeBron threes killed us. Yeah. I mean, look, if those go down, but especially coming on the heels of a big, loud missed three from LeBron in game one, it doesn't feel great to see him shoot 0 for 6 uh, in this one, particularly on threes where there are possessions where you really need to guarantee points by either getting, in, getting into the paint or at least come as close as you can to it, right? By getting into the paint, or getting yourself to the free throw line instead of going for the home run three. Um, Nuggets went on a run after, and that was all she wrote. AD and LeBron's body language told it all. Frustrating loss. It definitely was. and It looked like the Lakers kind of, you know, they did run out of gas at the end. They just, they let the Nuggets hang around too much and let them go on just a few too many runs. They just didn't do a good job managing this game. Uh, Senpai said, this isn't a championship team. Bad coaching choices and player decision-making. Superstars completely disappearing in games. And a lack of grit, I'm. I think that's a little harsh. Like I, sh- I thought they actually showed a lot of grit last game, fighting all the way back. But, I mean, they they made mistakes in big moments in this game, and the teams that win championships don't make mistakes in those moments. They find ways to capitalize on the mistakes of others, and that was what Denver did tonight. Was they capitalized on the mistakes of the Lakers?
2: Go ahead, Ron.
3: No, I mean I mean like I think they showed grit in this game too. Uh like
2: down ten with four minutes left.
3: Down ten with four minutes left. They fought back. This was a the first half was insanely physical. And the Lakers came out on top of a very physical first half. Like I I I see this like I see this team as very gritty and very resilient. Um through the first two games, it was just timely makes by the Nuggets and timely misses by the Lakers. Like that, that really to me is the difference. I don't think I walk away from these two games and say the Nuggets are clearly like worlds better than the Lakers. I think they do a little bit of a better job, like you said, Trevor, capitalizing on mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think they've made timely shots, which is what good teams do, they make timely shots. But I don't walk away from these two games saying, oh, the Nuggets are like, Nuggets in four, this is over, the, the Lakers suck. Like, they're not there. I, I saw the Lakers as a team that absolutely can fight and, and win this series, uh, but obviously it becomes much harder now. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that based on how these first two games went.
1: Oh, ESPN yeah. just put out a stat. LeBron has missed 19 straight threes in fourth quarters in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. That's
1: not going to cut it. That's not, that's it. not good. Uh, Nicholas said, Why can't we guard the same damn pin down action for Murray? I can see it coming from a mile away. Just switch it up top. Uh, Sean, that's that's your world. Why are they not guarding the pin down action for, for Jamal Murray by switching it up top?
2: Uh, I have been calling for a few more switches, especially with the Rui LeBron AD lineup on the floor, because hypothetically, you have three guys that could for a few seconds at a time guard Jokic, um but again you gotta give denver more credit than like oh why can't we do this well because Jokic and murray and their two-man game is probably the best offensive engine out of any team in the entire nba because you overplay it like the lakers like you go back to that golden state series right you try to overplay it and uh, a step handoff or whatever you send him back door you're sending him in an AD, but you can't do that this series because AD isn't camp down the paint because he's actually guarding Jokic. Mm-hmm. So yo, you send Murray back door because you overplay it. Easy layup, right? Murray's lethal coming off those handoffs and getting shots. So I think you'd have to switch it. Um, that means you have to switch up the matchups and really like fully commit to AD's not guarding Jokic. Um, and have Rui there so Rui can switch out on the perimeter. And if you get a guard on Jokic, you just front it, and you have you try to make the entry pass as tough as possible. And know we have AD behind you, so again, and when the and give the Lakers some credit really quickly when they have switched throughout these two games. I think it's looked well the post doubles outside of that mind-boggling D'Angelo Russell mistake in the fourth quarter to not close out on KCP and freaking worry about Bruce Brown burning you. Thanks, D'Lo. Outside of that, I think the doubles have really worked through these first two games. But, yeah, that, that's all I got. D-Lo,
1: D'Lo has not had a good series. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, not been not been great. Uh, all right. Jillian said, LeBron's been down 2-0 to way better teams. Lakers and seven. All right. I like the optimism. I like the optimism there. Koa, I can't believe I just saw this team go back to the old habit of taking their foot off the gas after building a big lead in the Western Conference Finals. Then they had that fake comeback. Yeah, it was both of those things in the same game. Take your foot off the gas and then launch the, the dreaded fake comeback, right? Um, although I guess now, like by definition, any comeback that doesn't result in a win is considered a fake comeback. Which I mean, that, that's just kind of how it goes, right? I don't necessarily like that's put that on the team the, necessarily. The thing,
3: this isn't the same like fake comeback thing. What the old yeah. Lakers, like the Westbrook Lakers last year and the beginning of this year, what they would do is they'd be down like 30 and then, <laughs> and then they'd give you like seven minutes of inspired basketball yeah. and they'd be down like nine at the end of it. And, and then like, they switch oh off. they cut it to single digits and then they lose by 17. Yep. And you're like, oh, never mind. They just were they'd, bad the whole time.
1: They'd give it right back. They'd immediately yeah. give it a right back. And that's not exactly what the Lakers did here. But nonetheless, I understand. And it basically, it's become like any comeback that doesn't result in a win is, is now considered a, a fake comeback. But um, I don't know how much of this was they took their foot off the gas. I think they just made some really poor decisions um, at some really bad times and, and missed some shots. I mean, look, if, if LeBron shoots, if LeBron hits a few of those threes, obviously this changes a lot of the discussion around this. But uh, But he didn't. And the Lakers, I thought, just made some mistakes on on both ends of the floor down the stretch that you wouldn't expect them to make. Um, Missing shots that you wouldn't expect them to miss. And and this is where you wind up, unfortunately. Uh, Joey said, Ham's worst coach game of the playoffs so far. These rotations, especially in the third, were awful. So
2: disappointing to watch. Did you not watch game two against Golden State where the Lakers, for some idiotic reason, decided to hedge Steph Curry ball screens, which is the biggest no-no, arguably the NBA, over the past (laughs) decade and a half? That's
3: so funny that you said that because literally as you were, like, right before you started to talk— I was cycling in my head. I was like, "No, that was definitely game 2 against the Warriors." What do you hey, mean? Game, yeah. game
2: 5 against the Warriors. Like, bro, no, no way. Game 1 was a far worse coach game from Darvin. In this game, own series. Game
1: 1 where they decided to start start small.
2: Yeah, that's way yeah. worse than this game. Yeah, at least now look, they didn't pick the right wing,
3: but they started a wing. <laughs> a wing. Yeah. I'm like, "We got we got halfway there." So good for Darvin. Good now it way. wasn't the right wing and it it was a little frustrating. Like, I know it's it's hard to like you play process and not results, but it's just a little frustrating when the whole world is saying start Rui, and then you don't start Rui, and then Rui comes in and drops <laughs> seventeen points on seven and seven in the first half and playing oh, solid know. defense, and it's like, huh, who could have seen that coming in this series?
1: Well, I mean. And again, going back to game one, who could have seen that going small against a supersized team like Denver is a bad idea? I, I mean, these are obvious things. But in any event, uh, this is an important update. Uh, LeBron, we saw him kind of turn his ankle at the end of the game. There, uh, he uh, was talking to Chris Haynes and said, "I'll be ready on Saturday. I stepped on the, on Aaron Gordon's foot. Nothing is keeping me from playing."
3: No, he didn't. He stepped he on Avery's foot. <laughs> <Yeah>, he <laughs> said <laughs> Aaron Gordon. Well, he here's
1: foot here's the transcription though is he said i stepped on the foot of ag maybe he said AD. Uh, maybe, he said, maybe AD he said ad and AD. it just got missed you know i could understand was, or, was, or maybe yeah. he really thought it was aaron gordon but it was anthony davis's foot yeah but in any event lebron says he's going to be okay um or at least he's going to play anyway this one says lost all faith this series is over Braun and ad pulled a straight choke job if i've ever seen one Just idiotic plays, idiotic plays on their part. Let's be honest. We lean too much on our role, guys. Our stars can't play great game to game. Just tough. I mean, I'm not losing all faith in saying the series. Again, you have to win game three and game four. And then you see what happens from there. But I'm not going to say the series is over. It's not good. You're in a bad spot. You're in a really bad spot. But um, I'm not going to say the series is over. As far as the choke job goes I thought they made some poor decisions and they missed some shots that you would expect them to make uh, and it was really unfortunate again I wish they had found some kind of way to leave something in the tank from game one for game two or somehow flip the shooting performances or something because then this series is 1-1 but they just couldn't get the same shooting performance as they did in, in game one and that put them in this spot so um, unfortunate but I don't know i i don't i don't necessarily say that the series is over here even if that's you know the sentiment that's going on around uh social media
3: say it with Look. me folks say it with me folks the series doesn't start till the road team wins a game boom there fans just say that to yourselves every day for the rest of the series and you'll be fine i've been saying that to myself wait a minute
2: Wait, wait! <laughs> if they do that the whole series, that means the Lakers lose at seventy. You're right. <laughs> okay, no, wait, I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's not what I meant. But then, by that
3: logic, the series would never start. You know what I oh, mean? Man. And it's all good. No, <laughs> but ge- genuinely, like losing, like losing two in Denver to the number one seed. Like, I get that it sucks, and I get like it would be much better for it to be one, one right now. And it was within grasp for it to be one, yeah. one, but like in all reality, you're down two-zero. you lost two home games to one of the best home teams in, in the league in, and they're the one seed. Like this was on some level, it had to be a, an option that they were going to be down two-zero yeah. and they were going to have to fight for their lives like this. And that's, that's how it goes.
2: Look, I, I to pull a Mike Malone here, Obviously, I would rather be up 2-0. We're still talking about that quote. I wasn't going to go to the... I I was
1: going to say, somebody find D'Lo and cover his ears.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, I would rather be up 2-0, right? But I think this Lakers team, this iteration of the Lakers has built up enough equity to where I can't say they don't have any grit to go back to a previous Super Chat or to straight up count them out. Because there were so many times, even post-trade deadline, like that Dallas loss. You remember how demoralized we were after oh, that Dallas loss? We thought the, the season the, was the over. Maxi Kleba? Yeah. Yes. The Houston loss. We thought it's the season Maxi was Kleba. over was when bad. we lost to Houston and Dallas back to back. This team's built up too much equity for me to say this series is over. And the series, I mean, to pull Darvin Darwin ham now, it's the first to four, not the first to one, two or three. So congratulations, Denver. This is also a good way to look at it. Congratulations, Denver. You took care of home court. You did your job where the teams the Lakers have previously faced Memphis and Golden State. They did not do their job. They did not take care of home court. So you tip your hat to the best team in the NBA, to the team with the best player, to the team with the second best home court advantage in the NBA for securing home court. Okay. I'll go back home. Like not over.
1: Uh, Mpm said, "Our superstars don't match Jokic and Murray. If we lose this series, should we trade LeBron and AD? LeBron is old, and AD inconsistent. That's way too much of a knee-jerk reaction. Trust me. And I'm as frustrated as anybody from that game, but that, I'm not going with that far. Let's let's pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes on that. Let things settle. and Go from there. I don't. They're not trading LeBron and AD.
3: Run it back. Yes. Either way, regardless of the results of this series, run it back.
1: Uh, hey Chris." So those two LeBron threes early in the fourth killed it all for us. This is on him. Got to get home court back, but things just got way tougher for us. Uh yes, they got way tougher for you uh for the Lakers in general, but the two LeBron threes, I thought there was more than that. That it took a lot more than that to undo the Lakers' night than those two threes, but the threes were indeed frustrated. There's the frustrating. There's no there's no question um didn't want to see him pull that up for, for those shots there's a difference between the shots that are in rhythm and the ones that aren't and we saw him take a few that were out of rhythm and maybe that's a fatigue thing that, that could be part of it too but um settling for those jumpers is just not something you want to see even if and darvin ham after the game said the team has faith that he's going to hit him and austin reeves said the same thing but what else are they going to say right
2: darvin also made a point that he would much rather see the lakers attack the rim or whatever and i'm paraphrasing there but he said i He'd rather yes, than live but he, in the he did have that. Live in the paint. Yeah. Live in the paint. Give credit to Denver again, though. Easier said than done. I know Jokic isn't the best rim protector, but they did a great job, you know, really collapsing the paint. Another reason why you start Rui, you still have some of the switchability defensively, especially in this series. And then there's somebody you actually have to guard on offense. Mm-hmm. Would you look at that? Rocket science. I expect Rui starts game three. Can we no way Rui doesn't start game three, right?
3: Uh, I that out there. <laughs> <It's not> even...
2: <laughs>
1: I was I was pleased that at least they didn't start the three guards. Fair, but
3: you know I, I've I've realized like in in the long time I've been watching basketball the starting lineup gets the most scrutiny. The starting mm. lineup is what gets the most like attention. That's but fair. To, to me, the starting lineup matters less than the closing lineup. Like I agree. Who who are you putting out there when the game's on the line? And Darvin, for the most part, has put out the correct players when the game is on the line. Um, today, I think there was a little bit too much D'Lo, uh in the late stages, given what, like, in game one, I thought he did a great job. Like, D'Lo was bad in the first half. Okay, you only get nine minutes in the second half. Like, I'm going yeah. elsewhere. Um, So I, I, think, I think that's really the more important thing. And for the most part, Darvin Ham has built up equity with me of, like, he plays the right guys in the minutes that matter the most because games are not won in the first six minutes some games can be lost in the first six minutes i.e game one game one yeah and when that happens you really go ahead and say okay that was like a bad move you can't have dennis and he made that switch but for the most part games aren't won in the first six minutes they're won in the last six minutes uh and what you do in crunch time and i I really felt like – I feel like Darvinham is a is pretty good at understanding who to play in the final minutes.
1: Uh, Wicked Broncos said, hard to be optimistic. I think the Lakers win the next four in a row. How do you follow up optimistic. hard to be optimistic with they're going to win the it. next four in a row? <laughs> That's I was not expecting that. That's quite a swerve right there. Hard to be optimistic, but I think the Lakers win the next four in a row. Lakers are undefeated at home nuggets won't get another bad lebron and ad game again lakers in six attack the basket denver can't stop us i love the optimism i love the optimism if they win four in a row that would be incredible um but yeah that's wow that's hard to be optimistic but the lakers win four in a row um yeah i mean that would be amazing don't get me wrong i hope you're right i hope you're right that'd be phenomenal uh, this was Coop Boy said tough nuggets homestead. Couple breaks here, a couple cards, calls there. Lakers could be up 2-0. Series is not over, but game three is an obvious must-win. Oh, that's the other thing. I I I can't think of the last time I, there was an officiating crew that I thought really did an excellent job. Maybe you go back to a few of the games in Golden State. Um, certainly not game two or game five. Uh, but I thought this officiating crew wasn't as bad as some of the other ones that the Lakers are likely to see coming up. I don't know if you can count on getting a couple calls here, or a couple calls there. Cause I look, this officiating crew missed some stuff for sure. All of them are going to, I think there's going to be worse ones than this one though.
2: I think you can't really look at it. If I'm the Lakers, like, you know, the refs here and there, right and a couple of calls here, a couple calls there. I think the point I will take away from the Super Chat is, and when you think about it, it's about 10 plays. And I guess you could say it's about just about any series, especially in a span of two games or whatever. There's about 10 plays that the Lakers, making Laker mistakes, like not refs, not even what Denver did, but the Lakers in these 10 plays fixed some things that they did wrong. This series could be 2-0. Forget the Mm -hmm. refs, forget the bad breaks or whatever the Lakers just do the right thing in 10 plays and honestly five of them come to mind one of them is freaking again that d um missed rotation that really put the game open damn it d um ten, <laughs> 10 plays in this game The series is different so um yeah game three is an obvious must win from yeah and I'll just leave it there for now
1: no question. No question. Uh, Nicholas said LeBron chucking threes will be the death of me, my voice, and potentially my TV.
2: I think Trevor can agree with that second one. Yes. If you were on yeah. playback with us, I'm just letting Trevor rant and go. I'm not saying a word. That's so like, funny. Like a 20 minute stretch for Trevor. Oh, says, on the, on my the goodness. Oh. Yeah. Holy moly. I'm just over here not saying a that single holy moly word. is nuts.
1: <laughs> that was that was bad. That's my that's one of my go-to's. That's when you know I'm really upset. Um, I'll throw in a holy moly. Um, yeah, that was bad. That that's, was bad. Because you so could funny. see it, you could see him stepping in and you can see him thinking it. And it's like you're trying to will him. Like, no, do not do it. Do not do this. Do not do not take that three. Oh no, he took that three. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna need a
2: substitute teacher for game uh, game five. I don't think Trevor's gonna make it no. to game five.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm calling in sick on that one. I'm gonna call in sick. We're gonna get uh, Matt the Optimist Peralta, or Jeff Spiegel, or somebody's gonna come in and, and take the class for the day. Um, oh man, Mamba Mentality said, and to Bron, no threes, no threes, no threes. You're not Curry. Do what LeBron does all these years to win games. AD two. Someone set his mind straight none of his shots were falling AD actually hit a three and he was working on the corner three before game one and it actually looked really good so i don't necessarily fault i mean he's one for if ad is one for three from three every single game you feel pretty good like he's gonna get covered behind the three-point line if he was able to do that uh, i'm not in the context of the moment when he took that three late i understand people being frustrated with that but I also understand why AD's game has to get out there every once in a while. Just in that moment. Oh, in the above the break three, he was wide open. I'm like, yeah, you're wide open on that one for a minute for a reason. It was
3: right after the corner three. It was like the next play after he made the corner three. And it was down in too. And, And that's not a bad shot. Like you're just coming off of a make from three point range. You're wide open. Like, I don't think that's a bad shot. Like I think LeBron had some poorly um, I'll say poorly thought out three point attempts uh, in this game. Um, But I don't think AD did. I thought AD shot what was available to him. He just missed more than he made today. I don't know. It's really like sometimes it's that simple.
1: Uh, Wicked Bronco says reps are trash gave this game to the Nuggets. See, I don't, I don't agree with that. And I'm usually one of the first ones to to be critical of, of officials in a game, particularly when you feel like obvious stuff is getting missed. I didn't feel like the referees were why the Lakers lost this game in any way.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: I don't think the refs are that bad.
1: They, I mean you you expect they're gonna miss some stuff. What you hope they don't miss is the obvious stuff, but I felt like for the most part they got the obvious stuff, and that's not always the case in the NBA where the obvious stuff gets called.
2: I really hated the flagrant foul call. That, like, was, out, that was bad. Outside of that, I, I thought the rest were just fine. Like this isn't a game where like game five against Golden State. Like I screw whatever I said about Darwin, <laughs> the rest were bad in game five against Golden State. Right. They were the Lakers. Don't the refs aren't the reason. I'm not even saying the refs are the reason why they lost game five against Golden State, but they it, it made it hard. Um, but the refs aren't the reason why the Lakers lost tonight. Lakers lost because of the Lakers. All
1: right. Uh, NG said LeBron is tired. He jacks up threes when he's exhausted. I think that is part of it. I think that is part of it. And we'll see if he can get some energy before uh, Tuesday's game or I'm sorry, uh, Saturday's game. I wish Saturday's it was game. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's get into this because, well, we've already, it's kind of been a whole show of master locking, but let's do this.
3: Master lock of the night.
1: The master lock of the night. The most annoying thing from tonight's game. I can already tell you, Mike Malone is getting the master lock for all of his comments and, yeah, all of the lies he's spouting right now. Again, great coach. And I understand what he's doing, but my goodness, man. Couldn't we have left that out this series at least? But uh, he said, no, I'm going to make things up for my team to be mad about. Uh, what are you going to put in the master lock from, from this one? Ron, let's start with you. Yes.
3: Um, I mean, the comments will say me. <laughs> I don't know if I should go that route and give them what they want. Or if I should go with... I think I'm going to go with just a guy who generally annoys me, and that's Michael Porter Jr. Oh, um, not he didn't do anything particularly annoying tonight, he just kind of bothers me. Um, <laughs> and so I'm gonna put you, you just don't vibe.
1: like his face, or
3: I just don't like his essence, I don't like his okay. Vibe. He, he's got an annoying vibe, um, and so I'm just gonna put him in the master lot because. You know, if I put D'Lo in it, I'm, the comments are going to be unreal. I can't put a Laker in there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, because you've already got that. Because you picked Denver in seven. Which, by the way, look, I've been saying this, too. Like, and People, on Nuggets fans on Twitter, have been like, give Denver credit. All that. No, Denver is great. I've said it. If, if, if Denver wins this series, I'm going to be pulling for them to win in the finals. And not just if they're playing the Celtics. Obviously, they're playing the Celtics. But I think I'm going to be pulling for this team to win the whole thing if the Lakers don't win it. Denver is great. But... You're right, Rob. Because you picked Denver and you got some backlash for that. If you picked the Lakers player, it would just it would amplify that. Yeah,
3: I'm, I love got in the past tense as if it's stopped. Um, it has not. Oh, it uh, hasn't. No, God, no.
1: The no, volume has, has at least been turned down a little bit, right?
3: Yeah, 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 a little okay. bit. Um, but yeah, no, I I just can't pick a Laker. And uh, under normal circumstances, I would pick D'Lo, but. Uh, I just have to go with the guy on the Nuggets that continually frustrates me every time I watch him do anything, and that's Michael Porter Jr.
2: Well, Ron c- clearly cares enough about me to, to not pick <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. So, yeah. Ron, I wanna, thank you <laughs> so sincerely. Um, it's D'Angelo Russell, and I get it. The chat's going to be furious that I don't think any of us, unless Trevor uh, is going to ch- divert from Michael Malone, that none of us is going to do LeBron or Anthony Davis. But let me just really quickly paint the picture. It is a Jokic post-up on the right block. uh, Jamal Murray – no, KCP makes the entry pass from the (laughs) right wing. And the two players on the wing, it is Bruce Brown on the left wing, and it is KCP on the right wing. You throw the pass in, cool. Throughout the film we've seen through this series and throughout the regular season and and the scouting and whatever – the Lakers, when they doubled from the passer, it worked well as long as you bump everybody over accordingly. D'Angelo's little job, technically, is to split the two and close out like crazy. But when it's Bruce Brown and Catavius Caldwell Pope, I don't care about Bruce, but like he's literally hugging Bruce Brown and leaving KCP wide open for that play alone. He gets the master. Like, because I really felt like when the game really opened up in that fourth quarter. And I've really defend. I've defended D'Lo throughout these playoffs because those first two rounds, I thought D'Lo did a great job as a help defender and as a rotator and being in the right spots. Through game one, game one was just lazy, and I hate that word, especially to describe players and pro athletes. But that was lazy defense in game one, and then he was just bad tonight in game two. So D'Lo, get it together. We're gonna need you still. I still like D'Lo a lot. I still own property on D'Angelo Russell Island, if that's a thing. Mm. Um, But Gosh, D-Lo, know the freaking scouting report, man. Good lord, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Lakers
3: are uh, in this series with D'Angelo Russell a minus forty-one in fifty-nine minutes, Jeez. and without and without D'Angelo Russell, hmm. a plus thirty in thirty-seven minutes.
2: Minus forty-one, oh, lord.
1: That's Sorry. awful. That one's that's that's yeah, that like, really awful. That's um, just really bad. It, let me let me get ahead of this though, because that is going to turn into a lot of let him walk in free agency comments.
3: Do not let him walk.
1: Yeah, you do not let him walk because you can't replace him.'t you you're gonna be over the cap anyway. It's not like people say, well, you know, do you want to pay whatever, whatever it is that you think D'Lo is gonna make, 20 million, 25 million, 30 million, whatever it is, right? Um, whatever number you're comfortable with if it's not like if the Lakers just say, okay, Delo, rather than give you 20000000 million, we're going to let you walk, that doesn't equate to the Lakers suddenly having that $20 million to go spend on someone else. That's not the way that works. They're over the cap anyway. They can use DeLo's bird rights in order to keep them around. They don't have those bird rights on a free agent. So letting D'Angelo Russell walk away just means you lose him. That's it. You don't get to do anything with that money. Now, obviously, there's a little more to it in terms of you know, the luxury tax especially now with the super cap coming in with the or the super tax coming in with the, the new CBA and all of that that stuff's kind of a factor but still letting D'Angelo Russell walk away is a bad decision now unless the alternative is he's gonna get a bad contract you'd rather let him walk away than give him a bad contract. like if it's a max deal over four years or he's walking away okay right that, that that's crazy Tom like we're not we're not going there
3: If I had to make a guess, like an educated guess based on player values and all this stuff and what Delo's market is going to be, my prediction is that he's going to get a deal that's somewhere in the ballpark of like two to three years, 25 million per year, like two for 50, Mm -hmm. three for 75, something like that.
1: And, And keep in mind, everybody, the cap is going up. So that's going to going to matter. So I know that might sound like a lot, but the cap is rising. So keep that in mind. Uh, Tabari, I can cry right now. I just watched LeBron shoot us out of a game knowing he wasn't hitting those threes. Good season, Lakers. I'm proud of y'all. So Tabari is saying we're done. Um, did did either of you guys have a lot of faith that the shot was going in when LeBron was taking the three? No. Yeah. I didn't think so. You know how some players, you can almost tell, like I've noticed this, you can kind of tell from their body language whether or not the shot's going to go in, like whether they felt good, whether they were in rhythm in terms of the, just the motion of the shot. There wasn't a three that LeBron took where I went, Oh, that one's going down. And maybe like that's one, fatigue. Maybe two. Yeah.
2: The one he shot off of, I think it was the Race ball screen. And he shot it in rhythm from the white right wing countering the nail help. I thought that was going in. And honestly, the ones in the fourth, I was more so praying they were going in, but I mean, all in all, I agree.
1: Uh, Koa said people mad at LeBron. He literally defended Murray and Jokic. Yeah, and he did fine in, in both situations. I don't even get mad at him shooting threes anymore. He can get kicked in the face and not get a call. There was the one that was really bad where he got fouled. Like, obviously, like the Nuggets were trying to foul him to stop the layup twice, and there was a third foul on the play, but he, like, clearly got fouled twice on one play and didn't get a call. Uh but again, that's that was one play. Um, what do you think, though? If LeBron's playing good defense on Murray and Jokic, does that give him free reign to shoot those threes?
3: Being LeBron I, James gives him gives him free reign to shoot
2: those threes, right? <laughs> like, I yeah, not even to go that to that angle. I think I personally don't mind it as much because regular season LeBron was not this engaged defensively, so. Personally, two way LeBron versus because, like, imagine if he wasn't doing this defensively, but still shooting seven threes and making one or two of them a night. Then we have a different discussion, and that's why. But still, to Ron's point is LeBron James, so you be the one to tell LeBron James, hey, don't <laughs> shoot an open three. Um, but he's doing it really, really well defensively as well throughout the entire playoffs, take out two, three games where I don't want to say he didn't care, but, like, game five against Memphis, I don't think anybody cared about that one, especially defensively. Um, So that's why, personally, I'm like, okay, we're getting consistent effort defensively. I get it. It's the long rebounds. I get things of that nature. But you're asking a 38-year-old to be the more consistent two-way player? AD has been great. But there will be games where AD offensively doesn't provide in. LeBron, for the most part, has been good on both ends. Not justifying the threes i stand by the three at the end of game one by the way tonight i'm not necessarily standing by it but they were bad shots and he lost the game um but like if lebron was to shoot four threes i'm not gonna say don't shoot an open three that you're a spot up dude off a ball screen of i'm not gonna tell him don't shoot it's tough
1: uh, a lot more. We'll wrap up with this one here. It's Fiddle said, Bron, I can't stand it, man. A lot of people upset with LeBron. I can't take it much more. He single-handedly gave them all the momentum on those three-point attempts. That's not Lakers basketball. I'm not giving up yet. First to four, not two. Lake show. I mean, LeBron may very well bounce back, and 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 I'm expecting him to in Game Three. I'm expecting the whole Lakers team to come out firing in Game Three. Um, but yeah, there were some bad moments in, in this one from LeBron, and I think it's uh, it's. It's tough that it's the decision-making for me more than just he missed the shot. It was this, the decision, the the context of the game in those moments. But that also doesn't necessarily mean to, that it's okay to just overlook everything else that he's done. And he's done really well defensively. Obviously, he missed some layups tonight. He had a bad night. I would be surprised if we don't see a big bounce back from LeBron in Game 3. Like I would have to imagine, guys, LeBron's going to be insanely fired up for Game
2: 3 hope so.
1: That's
3: uh, kind of need it.
2: Yep. Definitely need analysis. It. Yep.
1: Game 3, <laughs> must win, game 4 must win. Got to win these next two and then make it a best of 3 series. We'll see if the Lakers can do it. But Lakers Nation, thank you for joining us. Obviously not a fun evening, not what you wanted to see out of the Lakers tonight. Uh giving away a game again. Credit to the Denver Nuggets for stepping through the door that the Lakers opened for them, but um man, some poor decisions by the Lakers down the stretch. Ultimately cost them big time and now they're up against it down two zero in the series. Can they come back? If you're over on the YouTube channel, make sure you do subscribe. Don't forget to turn on notifications. And then everybody listening to the podcast version, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, make sure you follow us there as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium?